Pastor David Jones. Welcome to my sermon archives. For more audio sermons, books, blog posts, and other goodies, visit www.pastordavidwentz.com. That's spelled W-E-N-T-Z. And follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn. I pray God speaks to you as you listen. Good morning. This is actually a re-recording of a sermon that I preached in the middle of the, well, actually, as we were just beginning the COVID-19 protocols, and I forgot to turn on the recorder. It was one of the very first ones I preached online. And so uh, I wanted to put it up for you to enjoy as part of the podcast series, so I am re-recording it here. It's called Praying for Protection. Our key verse, memory verse, if you will, because these are great to memorize. 3 John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, just as it is well with your soul. 3 John, Chapter 1, the only chapter there is, verse 2. There is a standard prayer that I have been praying for probably all the 38 years that I've been in ministry, and perhaps longer. It's probably varied a little bit, but uh, I don't actually even remember when I first heard it. I got part of it from other people that I heard pray. But when I've been in a hospital or when I'm in some other kind of a sticky situation, some kind of a place where I need personal protection or someone in my family, uh, friends, I'm praying protection for someone, I basically pray very much along these lines. I pray the blood of Jesus, a hedge of protection, a guard of angels, and a wall of fire over myself, my family, whatever the situation is. And in particular, if I've been in uh, a hospital or a situation like that, I will add I speak death to germs, bacteria, viruses, and anything which would attack our bodies. They must die and be flushed out without harm. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command all spirits of injury, illness, or decay to be gone. Holy Spirit, please come and fill us with your grace and healing power. I would like this morning to go through that, give a little bit of the biblical background, uh, the thinking behind it, the theology behind it, in hopes that if you are in a situation like this, you will perhaps pray this or pray something like this in faith, that God does want to protect you. God does want to care for you. God loves you. God is your father if you have accepted his invitation of adoption and become his child. The beginning of the Gospel of John says, to all who received him, he gave the power to become children of God. And when you are God's child, you can claim God's protection, just as any child 
runs to their father for protection if they have a good earthly father. I know that all don't, but we all can have the ultimate good heavenly father. And that's even better. So I pray the blood of Jesus, a hedge of protection, a guard of angels and a wall of fire. What does it mean to be protected by the blood of Jesus? Well, the blood of Jesus, of course, refers to Jesus' death on the cross in our place. Revelations 12, 11 says, they have defeated him, they being Christians, those who were gathered around the throne of God in John's vision of Revelation, him being the devil, the beast, the enemy. They have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And of course, the lamb is Jesus. They have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. The Bible says that Jesus defeated every enemy. By his blood, he paid the price for our sins so that the devil no longer has a claim over us. And then by his resurrection from the dead, he defeated death itself. So to plead the blood of Jesus in the old language, to pray the blood of Jesus is to say, I am proclaiming to the devil and I am thanking God and I am reminding myself that when Jesus died on the cross, his blood covered my sins, clothed me with his righteousness, seated me in heaven with God. I am in Christ who has risen from the dead and defeated evil defeated death, and I have that protection. It's very similar to the Old Testament language of running to God as the rock of refuge, as the fortress, as the place to hide and be protected. What is a hedge of protection? In Job chapter 1, it's a, a fascinating story in uh, the first couple of chapters of Job. It depicts Satan, the devil, the accuser, which is what his, his name means, talking to God, and God is holding up Job as an example of righteousness. And it says in uh, chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection, uh, literally a hedge, and some of the old translations say a hedge, around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. We don't think of a hedge as maybe being very much protection if we're thinking of some little garden landscaped hedge that makes our lawn look better. But a hedge, especially in uh, Israel in that day, it was plants, it was a dense row of thick, tall, often very thorny plants, so tight, so close together, 
that nothing could get through them. It was protection against wild animals. It was all kinds of protection. You just couldn't imagine a dense row of very tall, very thick, very strong rose bushes or blackberry bushes, but but stronger. Because these, I mean, it's the same bush perhaps from which the thorn came on Jesus' crown. Long, thick, hard thorns. Nothing gets through that. And Satan said to God, you have put a hedge of protection around Job. No wonder he loves you. No wonder he, he serves you. You protected him with this thick hedge. In the story of Job, God gave Job, uh, God gave the devil temporary uh, authority or permission to break through that hedge and inflict Job within limits. And of course, at the end, he was restored to twice the blessings. But my point is, God put the wall of protection, the hedge of protection around Job, and we can pray for him to put that same protection around us and our families and our property and possessions and relationships and bodies and souls and spirits. The prayer goes on, protected by a guard of angels and a wall of fire. The Bible talks about guardian angels. It, it doesn't use that particular term, but it says, speaking of children, Jesus said, their angels are always gazing on the, on the, the face of God. Each of us has an angel and uh, a wall of fire. Second Kings 6, 15 and 17 kind of talks about both of those. The story is that uh, Elisha and his servant uh, had been, well, Elisha had been accused of spying because God was, tolding, uh, was, was telling Elisha what the enemy soldiers were going to do, what their strategy was, and Elisha was going and telling the king of Israel so he could be prepared. And so the, the uh, king, I believe it was of Syria, came out with an army to track down Elisha. And it says, when the servant and the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere, the Assyrian army, the, the Syrian army. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, meaning allowed him to see into the spirit realm. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Angelic horses and chariots in between the surrounding Syrian army and Elisha and his servant. They were surrounded in between, protected by this wall of fire, the horses and chariots of fire, the angels of God. I go on, as I mentioned, when I have been in a hospital situation, something like that around a sick person, 
I say I speak death to germs, bacteria, viruses, and anything which would attack our bodies. They must die and be flushed out without harm. And all of this is prayed in the name of Jesus. What in the world is my basis for speaking to germs? Genesis 1.26 Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And it's repeated again two verses later in verse 28. Creeping things, we think of snakes and scorpions and bugs and so on, but it can be smaller than that. Uh, germs and bacteria and viruses could be considered creeping things. That's probably the best description of how they get along, how they get around. And anyway, if God is going to give us dominion over every other creature on earth, then certainly it would extend to that. And I go on and say, in the name of Jesus, I command all spirits of injury, illness, or decay to be gone. All spirits that are not of God, whatever would cause harm, must be gone in the name of Jesus. And then I add, Holy Spirit, please come fill us with your grace and healing power. Mark 16, 17 and 18 is just one of a number of places that refer to this, but uh, this is the most compact. Jesus said, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. If they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. These signs will accompany those who believe. If you look at the context, it's not those who believe about these signs. The context is those who believe in Jesus for salvation. In other words, if you're a Christian, these signs should be available to you. Authority over demons or evil spirits is the first one, including a spirit of fear, spirits that sometimes cause illness, Luke, the author of the Gospel of Luke, was a physician, and in his Gospel, he carefully distinguishes between illnesses caused by natural causes, or injuries, or germs, that kind of thing, and those that are a result of evil spirits. He didn't think all illness was evil spirits, but he distinguishes between the two. And so we have authority over those things. This verse uh, gives authority for healing, for protection against poison, toxins, including snakes, uh, snake venom. Now, there is a fascinating list of the great saints of faith, the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, sometimes called Faith's Hall of Fame, that chapter. And at the, the it starts off talking about people who had all kinds of victories through faith. It ends by listing people who were martyred for their faith, who died for their faith. 
Faith in Jesus is not a guarantee of a long life and a happy life. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But he went on to say, don't worry about it. I've overcome the world. But the interesting thing here is that in Hebrews 11, the end of it includes people who died for their faith, but it doesn't include any who died of disease. Now, does this mean that I am saying that if you're a good Christian, you won't get sick? Or if you do get sick, you should be able to be healed? No, I'm not saying that necessarily. I'm saying these are some promises that God has given us, some verses that we need to pray for his wisdom and guidance about how to claim them. Somebody would say, what about all those priests who died caring for the sick during the Black Plague and so on? They would care for the sick. They would get the plague themselves. They would die. Does this mean they weren't good Christians or they didn't know how to claim the promises or whatever? I'm not going to say that. When I uh, was younger, first going into the ministry, I had the opportunity of uh, sitting in a few conferences with John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard uh, denomination, or movement anyway, not really denomination at his time. But he would talk about healing, and he was one of the first out of the non not the Pentecostal tradition, to really be working with healing and divine healing and approaching it in a systematic way. He was a seminary professor. I remember the first thing he taught us at the healing seminar, he said, there's, there's something you need to know, and it's so important, I want you to memorize it. And it goes like this. I don't know. What about priests who died during caring for the sick during the Black Plague? I don't know. What about people when we pray for them to get sick and they don't, or to get well? We don't pray for people to get sick. We pray for them to get well and they don't get well. I don't know. But I do know the more we pray and claim God's protection, the better chance there is that we'll receive it. Jesus said, as we are working to know him, remaining in him, seeking to do his will, to know God's will, then we can ask anything and he will grant it. He said, "My ask anything in my name and my Father in heaven will grant it. So if all of this is true, if we can just claim protection from God, then why did I cancel in-person church meetings? during the COVID-19. Why do I wear a mask? I live in a little town in the Ozarks. I'm often the only one wearing a mask when I go in to get groceries or whatever, which is as little as possible. Frederick Price wrote a book, oh, some decades ago called Faith, Foolishness, or Presumption. We need to know what God is telling us and do it by faith. We can't just say, I found this promise in the Bible and I think it means this and therefore I'm going to make God do what I think it means or I'm going to sue him for breach of contract. See, God is not bound by our understanding or misunderstanding of what he says. So we need to pray 
and know that it's his will. But we also know that health is God's will. There's a, I think that's our key verse, isn't it? Uh, our memory verse, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health just as it is well with your soul. If John could pray that for the church he was writing to, then I think we can assume that that is God's will for all the churches, for all of us. There's a big difference between going into danger with a sense of fatalism, saying, well, if I die, I die, and going in claiming God's protection by faith. But, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you remember them in the book of Daniel, they were young Hebrew men who had been captured and carried to Babylon uh, during the exile. And the Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, put up a statue and said everybody has to bow to the statue and they refused to bow. And Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to give you one more chance, and if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you in the furnace. And they said, our God is able to deliver us, which in fact is what happened. There was a tremendous miraculous deliverance. But they said, our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we'll still trust him. That needs to be our attitude. I'd like to end with a very famous prayer for protection called St. Patrick's Breastplate. It's attributed to St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland, uh, around five or 600 AD, uh, 1500, 1600 years ago. Our son was in the army and served several tours in uh, overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan. And at that time, there were a number of others in our church uh, related to the church who were overseas or in the military in various uh, forms, some of them in combat, some of them in other places. But we would get together every Tuesday morning, a very small group of us, and we would pray protection for these. And we would have people add names to our list and so on. We came up with maybe 20 names on our list uh, at one point. And during the several years that we carried through those Tuesday prayers, not one of those names on that list came to heart. Am I saying that uh, people who did come to harm were not good Christians or didn't have people praying for them? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't know. I memorized that. I don't know. But I do believe that there is tremendous power in praying for protection. If you pray for protection for somebody and they're not protected, then we can assume that for some reason God knows what he's doing and God has a better plan. But if you don't pray for protection and you get hurt or somebody gets hurt, you never know whether maybe if you had prayed, it wouldn't have happened. 
So I would like to end by reading for you St. Patrick's Breastplate. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear for me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me, God's host to save me. From snares of devils, from temptations of vices, from everyone who shall wish me ill, afar and anear, alone and in a multitude. I summon today all these powers between me and those evils, against every cruel, merciless power that may oppose my body and soul, against incantations of false prophets, against dark laws of pagandom, against false laws of heretics, against craft of idolatry, against spells of witches and smiths and wizards, against every knowledge that corrupts one's body and soul. Christ to shield me today against poison, against burning, against drowning, against wounding, so that there may come to me abundance of reward. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through belief in the threeness, through confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. Let's end with our key verse, our memory verse. 3 John 2 Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, just as it is well with your soul. 3 John 2 listening to this sermon, and I pray it blessed you. Again, I'm Pastor David Wentz, and for more audio sermons, books, blog posts, and other goodies, please visit www.pastordavidwentz.com. That's spelled W-E-N-T-Z. And follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn. May God bless you as we do Christianity together. See you next time.